So we met two years ago in April. Yeah. You messaged me on Grinder, and I was like, "Oh, that's cute." <laughs> but I did. I was like, "Okay, potential boyfriend material right there." <laughs> I look at my profile. I'm like, "Okay, he has a nice haircut. He's like very masculine and very like, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> We've changed <laughs> so much. First of all, thank you, Camilo, for joining me today for our first podcast officially by Spicy Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a creative project that I'm really, really happy to launch and like just be part of, and hopefully keep on going. And you, as one of my closest friends, I would want you to have the honor to be the first one and break my virginity in this. <laughs> so. Tell me about you. Like, what made you come to Canada? What made you come like to this beautiful city? And what drove you, you know, to where you are right now? Well, I I always knew that I needed to change countries. Um, it was it was just a matter of where I'm gonna go. Um, and you know, English is the only kind of language I speak, so <laughs> besides Spanish, so my options were were very specific. Um, and I had a lot of friends who went to other countries and they couldn't deal the whole residency issue and I had to come back and I didn't want that. So I was I wanted to make sure that the country that I chose to go um, has like very open rules about how to integrate and if it's easy, doable. Uh, yeah, doable, more than easy. Um, yeah, so Canada was top notch for that. Not Toronto, Toronto is very expensive. So I moved to Winnipeg and then I lived there for a couple of years, five in total. Um, and then I moved to Toronto, which dates around the time that we met up. As an immigrant, like for me, my career is the most important thing, right? Like for me, it was something that if I don't have a good career, I won't have the stability or the security that is so ingrained in my brain. What were your fears that when you came here as an immigrant? Language barrier. I always... I always fear that, um, or I used to fear that uh, because of that, I wouldn't be able to connect with people or to like have an actual intellectual conversation um, and that I would be like isolated somehow or like, you know, um, yeah, feel like you never fit in the actual culture and always be like separated. Um, that was one of my fears because I was leaving everything behind. So I wanted to have some sort of belonging somewhere. Right. So did you know English before you came to Canada? I did, but like good enough to pass the test. <laughs> but but I would struggle a lot talking. Um, or wow. yeah, I, I would understand people, but but I wouldn't be able to keep up with my hair. Oh, but look at you now. Oh my god. <laughs> how I didn't know this. Wait, so did you go to English school? Like how did your English get so um no, no, no. It, it's just what practice, I guess. I like really taking the time <laughs> and the energy and making it happen. Do you think right now you say you've overcame those struggles or are you still going through some of them or a couple of them? Oh, no, definitely. I've got nothing but struggles. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that I relate to them, it's different. No, like the struggles that you, have, that you mentioned right now, the three, the language barrier, the sense of belonging, mm -hmm. and then the fear of rejection. Do you yeah. think like right now you've overcame those three or like are you still working on those? 
Um, I'm, I overcame the language barrier. I feel like though there is always going to be certain type of barrier. Um, I'm cool with, with looking around it. <laughs> I'm okay now. Um, but the, um, the fear of rejection, for instance, that's another one that I also, um, I guess, um, overcame for the most part. Or let's say it's not a pressing issue currently. Um, um, the the other one, uh, the, the finding that sense of belonging, I feel like I've made a lot of progress in there, but but that's definitely in the works. Mm -hmm. So, how did you overcome that fear of rejection? Was making friends in Toronto easy for you? How was that experience like? Um, I think I I am you know very friendly, very. Um, easy to talk to, and and I knew that, so I put that to use. <laughs> so I made I made sure to like really talk to people, and even yes, I I, I met you through Grinder, um, and I've met a lot of other people in Grinder too. Um, but but like the, these are things that happen during the chat too. <laughs> so like the pictures I would post were not sexually, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, Overstimulating, but more just just regular me, and you know you may you may make connections, people engage with you, and yeah, I met up with a few people. Um, was it difficult? I don't think so. For me, I mean, I did meet a lot of people, um, about making deep connections. Yes, that that definitely took much longer. Mm -hmm. Meeting people was was easy. Um, yeah, especially in the like Toronto, it's lots and lots of people. Um, yeah, but making those deep connections, you really have to meet a lot of people until you find the people who buy it with you, right? And that and that takes time, um, and yeah, energy. And but that's okay, you know. That's that's just how how it is. Do you find like? Because for me, I've been living in Toronto for seven years, and I've gone through so many different friend groups in my life, uh -huh. and each time it feels like it's getting more filtered filtered and filtered in a way where i started with like a general basis of who i am to then even getting further down and down and down and the more closer friends i have the more i find that i'm being myself and that not having that fear of rejection is that is that something that you have experienced too um the more that you know yourself um, yeah. the better connections that you can have with people um which is why it takes time because it's it's really about exploring and and exploring yourself mm -hmm. that shit ain't easy mm -hmm. it's not even intuitive sometimes it sounds so so silly so so easy right but but do we know do we know how to get to know ourselves like these are things that Nobody teaches you, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of up to you to figure out. And and sometimes it takes a lot of time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of time. I thought like I'll know everything about me in a year. <laughs> the self journey, like help, is so long, and there's so many things that you don't know about yourself. And then when you figure that out, you're like, oh, Ali, why'd you gotta be like that? You know, <laughs> why'd you gotta be like that? <laughs> Honey, stop. <laughs> stop. So what stop. was that one big thing for you that was like, Camilo, come on. <laughs> like well, what was that aha moment for you that tipped you to now 
being where you are? <laughs> I think I can think of two major events um, because these things rarely come along. <laughs> it's one after another. <laughs> um, definitely the, the, the beginning of the pandemic, um, I went through, through some um, mind-boggling situations where I was feeling depressed and without any purpose in life and like, what are we doing? And I, I felt I felt like that for, for several reasons because I, I had just moved to the big city too. Uh, I was living by myself, like like an adult by myself, not not more roommates. So like it, it was a change. Um, yeah, it puts you in a different mindset because it forces you to look inwards. It forces you to you can go out, you can do shit. So you have to like, and I figure, hey, I I did it. I I my long long ass plan that I had for this country. I feel like I've, I've reached the point where I studied, I got my, my papers, um, I got work, I moved alone, and, and now I'm here, like, what, what's next? <laughs> you know, it felt like, well, there's gotta be something else. Like, So I feel like that was one of those aha moments that kind of initiated everything. Because um, then you start asking questions, you start reading, and you start going places, and you start talking to people. And, and yeah, I feel like that, that was the first aha moment. Uh, the second moment was when something um, that felt much, much personal and, and bigger um, was when I, I was seeing this guy last year. And it was sort of a quick pseudo relationship in a way. Um, it was four or five months. Um, but when things didn't go as planned at, at the five month mark or something, um, it really, really felt extremely hard and when you put things in perspective and you say this was a four-month relationship i shouldn't be feeling like i want to die <laughs> you know like that there is a disconnection here <laughs> what's going on <laughs> why is this hurting so so bad when like it, at that point it was very obvious that it wasn't about the relationship that it wasn't about him that it was something else that had to be happening for it to be so impactful and for me to make me feel those such deep emotions. So I, I felt like there was actually a disconnection. Like my brain was here, but like my body was somewhere else. Like my, my emotions and like my, my brain, they were just like not talking to each other or something was happening. Um, and, and that was another aha moment because it really gave me the experience of not having my mind and my heart aligned. And and when I when you find because I feel like that thing is something you hear a lot, but when you feel it, when you feel it, oh shit, hey, yeah, this is how I feel, and this is where my brain is. That really like initiated. Okay, this is this this calls for therapy right here, right now. <laughs> you know, so you start digging into it and leaning into, leaning onto this this curiosity of trying to understand what the fuck is happening to your life. Did I answer all the questions? Or did I mean, I that, was, <laughs> that was beautiful. Like, it was very well put. Like, I agree. And I think what I want to ask, like, a follow-up is, did you figure out what was your body saying and what was your heart saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The amount of overthinking that I did. <laughs> do you want to, are you comfortable? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so from from my brain, what my brain was telling me was, you were seeing somebody, it didn't work out, and now it's better if you 
keep going separate ways. That is the healthy thing to do. Um, there is no, there was zero doubts rationally about it because you know it was just not working out. Like it, it was not really deep investigation <laughs> that you needed to do. Um, but my heart, what my heart was telling me was, you are being abandoned right now. You, that person doesn't want you. You're not worthy of love. You, um, you know, this is all on you. You should have done things better. You should have um, do things differently or you should have known better or, um, you know, now you're on your own as you, like that kind of feeling of abandonment. Um, that was what my heart was. And, and when you put those two in contrast, that is ridiculous. <laughs> you're like, okay, there is clearly an unhealthy inner talk in here that we need to address. <laughs> So what did you do in that case, baby? Like, mm. oh, it's like, this is getting deep, bitch. It's like, whew, I need a moment. <laughs> oh, oh, am I going to, am I giving out too much emotion? No, baby, this is perfect. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's so nice to hear this. Like, so uh, what were you? Yeah, no, I understand. I hear you, I hear you. Like, what did you tell your heart? Like, why, why was it so negative? Oh, oh, because because it's been neglected <laughs> for quite some time. Okay, so I started doing a lot of reading and a lot of research into like this. Um, and it was whole, you know, at the moments what needed to happen. Um, I had a friend who, who talked to me about, um, we were talking about relationships and and this person, he said like, by the sounds of, you know, by, the, by what you're telling me about this person, it sounds like this person was a little bit on, on the avoidance emotional attachment style um, that it was on the avoidance side and and that I sounded more in the anxious side and I was like what does that even mean <laughs> I don't understand and I need to understand <laughs> if there is literature about my relationship then I'm interested in reading it and and yeah when you read about it and you're like oh this is a very common thing <laughs> this is not just me Mm -hmm. um, and you understand that, oh, okay, yeah, there is, there are things like, like, uh, that define more of your psyche, that it's not even, it doesn't seem like it's under your control, but it was more like your situation. Um, and then when you start seeing it as, oh, these are things that I can actually control, <laughs> that I can actually change within me, because it's not outside, it's actually all in here. Um, it, it, it opens up, like, the possibility of, oh, do you want to better your life, well then start working on it. <laughs> and then start putting the effort because it's totally possible. Um, and that's what I did, bitch. I started reading a lot. I went to therapy and I had these conversations with my therapist. Um, and I feel like I, I got there like already with like a pre-diagnosed thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is how I'm feeling, blah, blah, blah. Um, and and you know, clearly there is a there is a lack of self-love. And even when you when you have a literature too. Uh, reading about anxious types tend to be more of of that of of uh, that neglection of your own love. Um, so so how do you how do you give love to yourself? And it, it start by okay, well, what do you like? What kind of things like you know? We get to the point of let's start investigating about ourselves. What do I feel like I enjoy the most? What I what do I want? And when you start asking those questions, then you you become curious. I had, I think, like three to four uh, aha moments. 
One was like when I first broke up with my ex, that was like the beginning of the pandemic because something told me that this is not the way I should be treated. So I broke up with him. And then the second one was when I was hooking up with this person in March, I was already going through so much depression because um, you know, the pandemic was happening. I broke up with my ex and I couldn't have my fucking whole face, you know, cause <laughs> it talks about the whole face after you break up you do sex and blah, blah, blah. And so I never got to experience that, you know, I never, it's gonna sound social, but I never got that chance to show my ex, fuck you. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you, baby. Like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm doing so much better than you, you know? I've never had that opportunity. And like for the longest time, I was always searching for that moment. I'm like, I need to find a new boyfriend who's gonna be hotter, sexier, and blah, 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 just to make him jealous. And it wasn't until I met like someone who actually introduced me to like self-help and um, this journey of really loving yourself. That's when it, everything started to like break down, right? And I guess the third biggest aha moment was when I went back to Pakistan and I was off the alcohol, I was off the weed, I was off sex for one whole year. I, like I said, like earlier on, it's like I had no connection, right? Like I was out of Canada. It was just with me and my family. And that was like a lot because this was the first time they actually saw me being a little bit more of me than before I was hiding my sexuality. Now it's like, hey, I'm gay and this is what I am. So like the first two weeks with my mom, we didn't talk that much. But like once I eased up, just working with my mom and our relationship was just so grateful that now I can finally be happy with whatever I do. It kind of gave me that validation from my mom that I needed. Like she still doesn't like the fact that I'm gay or like, you know, mm -hmm. I paint my nails and I'm very feminine, but just that bondage was enough for me to validate that she isn't angry at me. She's angry at something else in her life that's causing her to not like this. And that is a her problem, not me problem. I am not the problem here. You know, me being gay, me being queer does not make me the bad person in this dynamic. Mm -hmm. That was the third aha moment. And I guess fourth was like this summer was like when everything accelerated. Everything took off like a rocket for me. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? It's like we did the heels class and eight for eight weeks. And that was something that really I didn't know that I needed but i am so grateful it happened same that was and that was all because you invited me to this class this dropping class once because your friend Stephanie invited Stephanie, you exactly yeah and if it wasn't for like we should give them we should give like stephanie a shout out and ydc a shout out fucking <laughs> grow yes yes we share our radio page we are mentioning you sponsorship right here <laughs> why I, I think it was very very unplanned too because that the fact that we went there for just dropping classes and, and we were just having fun. And then we went again the next weekend, sorry, the next week and the next week and so on. And then all of a sudden they say that there's this program, eight weeks, and we were talking about that it would be nice to have like a longer session as opposed yeah. to like 30 seconds. 
And, and it just so happened that that class was on heels. But up until that point, we were not using heels. We were just there dancing. <laughs> I fucking, yeah, I was like at a crap. I fucking spent $200 on those fucking heels. <laughs> but my yeah. big ass feet did not fucking fit at Value Village. So I was like, and, and I went to Value Village. the heel I bought the first time. <laughs> you fucking broke. Because <laughs> they were fucking $9 from this cheap ass store. <laughs> Right, right, right. Those, those first, um, your, your first heels, they, they they broke the first class. I forgot. They were like, we cannot stand your weight, bitch. You are a fucking hippo in heels. Like, no. Yeah, and, then, really and then this hippo went straight to the most expensive pair of heels that he could. That's when, that's, that's, like, you know, it's also the heels that made the difference because I felt sexy in those heels. And that's when I also kind of realized, you know what, if I can spend $200 that makes me happy, I'm going to do it. And it did. And I think that class, that workshops really helped us to shape who we are right now. And I can see why you said that, because those heels you got were very pretty. <laughs> like they were very like performer, very draggy. So yeah. of course that, that would have some impact on your, hmm. I look great. <laughs> exactly. So what has changed for you since the last two years? Like what differences have you noticed that you are proud of? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the natural change that comes with uh, self-realization, you know, with like increasing of self-awareness, um, you are much more present and you get to know yourself as 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 an authentic individual and that is a process that is going to take you your entire life but like once you start it and you feel it it really feels great it really feels like you're having a better healthier more meaningful approach to life um yeah i feel like that's one of the main because like things are things around you may or may not change you know like you may still live in the same place you may still but what really what changes is, is the way you relate to things because you empower yourself. Um, and that's something very interesting too, because I, I keep thinking, like, how do you how do you know? Because we keep talking about being authentic and like being uh being our, our, you know, get to know us. And, but if you would have asked me two years ago if I knew who I was, I would have said yes. Right? Like if you go and ask people, hey, are you being authentic right now? I don't think anybody's gonna say no. <laughs> Everyone thinks that they are, they are, they know themselves the best they already can, and which is precisely why you don't put the effort into actually investigating. Because, <laughs> like, you know, what do you mean I don't know myself? That makes no sense. Of course you do. Do so now. If someone asks you that question, would you say you know yourself? Oh no! I can tell them for sure. Hey, I am. I'm working on that. And you know, I agree. Been great. I, I agree. I feel like for me, if someone asks who I am now, I'm like, listen, she is a mess. I am so <laughs> I don't know how I have my shit together, but I do. And she is an you know who I feel like? You know courage the cowardly dog? The cowardly dog? Yeah, the cowardly dog, courage the cowardly dog. Oh, oh, you mean courage. <laughs> yeah. That is me all the fucking time in life. I am such an anxious bitch. <laughs> Definitely me. 
I at work, at life, like in my relationships, me. I'm like, I have so much anxiety in me. And that's that's me. So um, when did you start allowing yourself? And how did you start allowing yourself to become more feminine? Oh, baby. Um, when did I start allowing myself to explore more femininity? Um, I think naturally going through the dance class kind of puts puts a spotlight on your femininity right there, right? So like you you start, I enjoy dancing. I, I love dancing. So that I've always had a good relationship with dance, um, but always on a feminine side. And that, and that had been repressed for a long time, right? Because coming from a different culture, we're from different society, it's a little bit more judgmental about, about the ways you move and such. Um, so, you know, those are things that you don't explore as often. But once I was like actively working on myself and thinking, what is it that I like? Well, I've always liked to dance. So how about we do something about it and put the time into looking for a place, uh, blah, blah, and the, the, the kind of thing. So I was really committed to, let's see what's up, right? And in a dance class, when, when we were on heels, there was a first like, aversion to it like huh heels me hmm <laughs> okay we are stepping right in <laughs> but <laughs> but that's also something that, that has guided this entire process when i notice that i am fearful of something um i get curious as to why why am i afraid of a pair of heels you know like that makes no sense why would i be afraid of a pair of heels or why would I be afraid of, of putting makeup on? And these things um, have associated fear to them. It's not just that you don't want to, it's more of, ooh, uh, you are like, now there's a difference between when you just have no interest on something, as opposed to when you like wants to avoid it and you have some, some strong feelings about yeah. it. And that's what happened. Um, that's how we experience uh, with femininity that Every time I would allow myself to do something like that, they would be like, "Oh, oh no, let's let's move away from this. This is this is not." So what what changed that? Do you still have that, or are you still are you okay uh, with that now? Like, what changed that? What, what changed, changed that voice? Um, I don't think the voice changed. I think I understood that I didn't have to listen to the voice. Ah. <laughs> um, because yeah. when you realize that you are oh, okay, this is how I feel. I feel like I'm this is, but like my brain tells me this is a pair of heels. This is a this. There shouldn't be any problem with this. So you're like, okay, Camila, why are you afraid of this? Talk to me. Listen. Oh, are you afraid of being perceived? I mean, are you afraid? and then you start t talking to yourself. Okay, baby, but you're not responsible for how people perceive you. First, second, what is wrong with being perceived as feminine? I feel like at this point in my life. I was holding that fear based on, on what, like, you know? So I, I thought, I don't know. I don't know what I'm afraid of, but I think I'll have to find out. So you go there, you expose yourself, you be vulnerable, but like you're having the experience of feeling exactly how it feels. And then you realize, oh, wait, there's there's no bad feelings in this. There's, this is just, I'm dancing. So, right. so you break those, those um, beliefs. And I think it helped because we had such a, positive experience that oh could you like i don't think like we would have worn heels if you didn't have a community that started it with us right like 
I would have never bought my first pair of heels and just start walking down the streets. Never. <laughs> I I think because that we had that little <clears throat> training wheel of like we have a little bubble. There's no one know, no one outside of this would know that we're dancing in heels. Yes, yes. And when we started, we explored more and we're like, yeah, <laughs> I can wear heels. Okay, let's put some makeup on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You know, that's beautiful. Yes, yes, cool. yes. So, oh. Something what you said really makes sense. It's like what your brain wants and what your heart wants. And I was working with my coach, who's going to be on this podcast as well. I hope. Um, said to me, name that voice, and I'm like, okay, if I name that voice, like if that voice were to have a name, what would it be? And I told him like Young Ali, because. That's a young Ali speaking, a 16-year-old who was depressed, who was insecure about his body, who needed like a, a savior in life to protect him and take care of him and that knight in shining armor. I have to tell me, the old me, to talk to my young me and tell him it's okay. You don't have to worry. I got you. You can trust me. You know, telling that voice trust and sit with those feelings. I quit my side gig because I was like, this is mentally frustrating. Like, I don't need to be earning that much or like not even having a weekend to just do what I want to do. You know, and that's the hardest thing is, I guess, as an immigrant, you forget when to stop hustling or when to stop worrying about everything. And I guess this is the year that happened to me where I'm like, I don't need to work as much or do as much to impress or to feel validated, right? And I'm pretty sure you probably have had that moment too. Yeah, right? when, you are, when you are expecting to get validation from something else, this is what happens, that you're not being yourself and then you're overworking and then you're doing things because you think that you should do them. Uh, or you're allowing things to happen because you think that that's that's the best for you and so yeah it's it's very sad that that only when you truly prove to yourself hey i got you you know no more you don't have to have five jobs to impress you don't have to make this much to impress you don't have to impress anybody but but for that it's a it's a journey that takes you there and and it's through repetition and through constant uh showing how do you if like like you said oh i have uh older ali needs to talk to younger ali and tells him hey i i got you but younger ali is not gonna believe it if you don't show it that that when you say i got you how are you showing yourself that you're truly having your back in the difficult moments when you're when you are going through the you know the, the hard parts are you just letting those oppressive thoughts get you and you're not doing anything about it because that's tough but but it's worth that that you have to put in if you want to really get get better and and the more you do that the more you have that talk that is the way that you talk to your inner child through really making the changes and sticking to them doing those hard things because nobody's going to do them for you and if you do those hard things then that kid is going to be listening and, and hearing and saying oh shit, i he's got me. 
Yeah, so, yes, <laughs> exactly. When you start taking control and ownership of your own decisions and stop claiming the blame game or like stop deflecting hard projects, that's when you're just like, I did this shit. If I could do this, I can do anything kind of attitude, you know? Yeah. That, that's something that is very important. And I think it's it's beautiful when you do get that point, when you are like starting to trust yourself again. And that's, I think, an aspect of self-love is when you are giving yourself trust that you got this. Yeah, because subconsciously, you you don't trust yourself subconsciously you don't love yourself enough subconsciously all of these problems are mainly happening in your subconscious not in your conscious which is why if i were to ask you you're going to say oh i'm good i don't i can think of any problems yeah of course because those happen it's really deeper within you and getting there needs a lot of self-awareness the easiest way to know when something is is needing your attention your emotional intellectual attention is when you are precisely feeling bad because mm -hmm. that's a sign of your psyche telling you hey this is making us feel bad how about we we think about what's happening but not blaming the others but like let's let's it's really funny. really dive deep because this is your this is your warning sign hey don't miss it agreed agreed so you know earlier i asked what you struggled with as an immigrant uh you know and you named three things so what are you struggling with currently and your identity or whoever you are? Oh, um, she's, she's, she's yeah. a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> she is a therapist. It's like, oh. oh, I love that. I mean, this is what we do, right? This is what, this is what we call each other. Exactly. This is why, why we have a workshop. Like, <laughs> just be high and just like, let's talk yeah. about our feelings. Um, what am I working currently on? Um, I feel like it all starts with a lot of self-awareness and that needs to be cultivated. So like meditation and things. So that I'm still working on and that's probably something that I'll keep working on for a long time. Um, and that that brings you like more, oh, this is how I feel. This is how I think. And this is, hmm, let me see who I listen to. Um, I'm, I still have my share of insecurities. Like I'm still proving myself because I feel like this, you love yourself the more that you prove yourself that you love yourself. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what works for me. I have to constantly be doing things. Um, and and that is a self-exploration. So I feel like I'm still working on finding ways to prove to myself that, hey, you know, I, I got you, Camilo. You have, you don't really need. Um, so that, that feeling of abandonment that I was talking about, that feeling of anxiety uh, comes from, from that, from unrealistic expectations of how I understood that the world should work like the emotional work uh, world should work um so demystifying that it's a lot of work um you need to tell yourself okay come on you know I, I get it that you feel insecure about this right now but you also need to understand that that is this it's not a thing like these are the real things that i can tell you blah 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 so let's trust the process let's keep going and that repetition you know, makes you eventually believe it and feel it and, and that's when the change you when you're accepting yourself you're being vulnerable with yourself how are you so vulnerable with me like how did you let your guard down for me or you with your other friends to let me share this space with you 
That is such a great question. I think the fact that we could talk about our problems, because I do remember you when, when we first met, you were still dealing with your uh, previous like, relationship. Yeah. So there were talks about like emotions. And, and I've always appreciated that when people just open up and, and tell me their struggle, because you know that makes them more, more relatable and more approachable. And so I try to reciprocate that too. I feel comfortable saying, oh yeah. And, and I can't remember like what specific problems I was going through at that time, if at all, like concerning. Um, but I do remember that I felt good. Oh, I can talk about these things with, with him too, like about how I'm just diving into like spirituality or, or like about my family. Cause I, I may have not known a whole lot about myself by then, but I knew, I knew about my family. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And those things connect us cause we are from different, different cultures different backgrounds but like is it really that different the culture because like there were a lot of things that we were like damn <laughs> you too yeah yeah you yeah, yeah. You like, okay. <laughs> sure different different spice different like, flavor but like, like the yeah. essence is <laughs> yeah uh i think it's also important to recognize that both of us have been growing together you know yeah, I, I agree. I feel like the fact that we both were relating to our problems in a similar way um, made it that much easier to connect because we would be vulnerable with each other and, and be able to talk and say, oh, hey, I you know I'm, I have different things in life, but that's exactly how I feel. Or this is also how I used to think or feel and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I feel like that, that, w- that made it that much easier. Hadn't we been going through those problems at the time or, or having like that, that journey that went so like timely well. Um, yeah, we would have probably been not as you know, it's more like acquaintances or yeah, but um hey, chosen family. I'm yeah. glad that, that happened because yeah, it, it's you need these types of connections in your life. You need to feel like, you know, like you, you people usually get this from their families, but not all of them. Actually a lot of people don't get it from their family. <laughs> So it's very normal that you'll end up finding this in, in other places. Yeah. I think, you know, we could honestly go all night talking about our shit. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, already. <laughs> I think like, I think it, right now we've covered so much and so many different topics. I think right now would be a good time to just wrap up. And I guess I will ask you like one last question, which is what would be like three advices you would give for a new immigrant in Canada? Three advices. Okay, first of all, baby, chill. Um, this is not as hard as it as, as you might think. Um, no, it's got its complications, but you'll get through it. Um, so even money-wise, like worst case scenario, you have to get like a minimum job or something like that, you can still make it. You can still make it. and. So like the lowest, lowest level is not that bad. And from there, it's only up. So stay positive, you'll do it. Um, Second, from wherever you come from, I am pretty sure that you're still discovering yourself. And and for queer people, it takes a little bit more time because there is naturally a lot of things that, even if you have the most supportive family, society was not supportive all across the globe. So there are things that you still need to like heal and, explore within yourself and so that do that (laughs) do that exploration be kind to yourself 
um, be open to you know listen when you are feeling certain type of way and start thinking. Be curious about that because it you really shouldn't you know get your straight or whatever. You, know, you should be able to have an enjoyable life. So so that. All right, and third one, get you get you yourself a Linda. You get yourself a cutie kitty because they are the best. Or mm, look, she wants to love. She only wants to love. Yeah, no, but for real though, getting a pet really helps. <laughs> well, thank you, Camilo, for joining this amazing podcast. I you hope you had a great time. I'm gonna have you over for sure again because realizing that you know we've been doing this for almost an hour and 40 minutes. We have so much more to topics to digest and probably we will dive deeper. And thank you. Baby, thank you. I'm so glad that this happened. This came out of nowhere and we were both so like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> of course, baby, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it and I love, as usual, talking to you guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast between me and Camilo. I hope you enjoyed it. And there is more to come, hopefully, in the future. If you have any recommendations or suggestions of topics that I should talk about, please let me know, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. As for now, goodbye and stay spicy.